Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. All right. Well, I got a message for you this morning. Um, I believe the Lord has uh, led me to kick off a new series for just the end of the summer here and into the fall. We're going to start a new series today called Free Indeed. And um, again, this will kind of coincide with Pastor Bill's freedom class. Um, but a couple weeks ago, I was praying about um, what the Lord, you know, what, what he wanted me to preach on this fall and this, this um, doing a new series. And I've never had anything uh, happen quite like this before, but I had, um, I'm praying about it, and I had a word drop into my mind. And it was spelled out in my mind. And the word is this, Ichabus, I-C-A-B-U-S. And I'm like, I asked the Lord, what do you want me to preach on? I hear and see like this word, Ichabus, I-C-A-B-U-S. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. So um, I don't even know if that's an English word. So I, I do this internet search and I found out it's a, a major of, uh, in the Philippines. It's a major language in the Philippines. It's a word. I think we have a slide. So kappa, whatever. It's a major uh, language in the Philippines. Ichabus means to free and then translated into English, it means to deliver. And so I was like, okay, all right, Lord, I, I feel like you want me to talk on freedom. Come on, how many know that Christians, you know, we get, we get saved, we get, Jesus comes and set up camp. Sometimes immediately things fall off your life. Sometimes immediately you get saved and those things that were holding you back, they fall off and they're done forever. How many know that other times there are things that's a process and freedom sometimes is a process or there's certain keys that you need in your life um, to get free, and so I believe the Lord wants us to take a few weeks and focus on how to walk free from any and all chains um, that are holding you back in your life, anything that's holding you down. And so this, this series will go, I think, at least through September. Um, and I honestly, I don't know where we're going. <laughs> like, I just know the Lord told me to speak on this. I have the first message, and he's going to give me more. So praise God for that. Um, I have a few clues about where I think we'll go, but this is, I'm just being obedient to what I think God has for us in this season. And so for this first sermon, um, I want to kind of dovetail with, um, with our city group kickoff. And I want to talk about the importance of being connected to the other members of the body of Christ. Um, in order to get free and to stay free, I believe that we all need genuine Christ-centered relationships. Okay, I think we have a slide for that. I'm just gonna, if you have that, put it up. We all need genuine, okay, Christ-centered relationships. This isn't the title of my message, but I want you to look at this, and I wanna ask you a question. Do you, in your life, have genuine, that's a, that's a key word there, uh, genuine Christ-centered relationships that you can pull on for encouragement, for comfort, for being built up, for d accomplishing everything you want to in this life. I, I believe for you and I to reach our full potential in every season of life, you know, how many know some seasons of life you're reaching your full potential, other seasons it seems like you're not. I believe to reach our full potential in every season of our life, we need Christ-centered relationships all around us. The title of my sermon today is called, Why Sermons Are Not Enough. Okay? Why Sermons Are Not Enough. Yes, I wrote a sermon on why sermons are not enough. Why you need more than just preaching. Why you need more than just coming here and hearing me talk in sermons, okay? Um, I want to show you that just hearing sermons every week, um, week in and week out, just hearing sermons is not enough for your spiritual growth and it's not enough for your spiritual 
well-being, okay? Now, before I do that, I need to defend myself. Before I disqualify myself, I need to defend myself, okay? <laughs> I'm going to tell you why preaching is important and why sermons are important before I tell you why they're not enough, okay? Okay, Paul said to Timothy, so this is Paul's instruction to Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. He said this, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching. At times it's useful for rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The, the next verse, so there weren't chapter breaks in, in, uh, when this was originally, originally written, but the very next verse, chapter four, it says this, uh, verse one, in the presence, so here's this charge to Timothy, Paul's charge to Timothy. And imagine if you had received a charge like this, if someone came to you and says, I charge you like this. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. How many know? I would, I would pay attention at that point. Okay, if an apostle uh, said that to me. Okay, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Okay, so preaching is important. Sermons are very important, okay? Um, understanding <clears throat> theology is very important. This is a major part of you and I being equipped for every good work that God has for us in our life. I listen to sermons every week. I listen to multiple different camps and sermons from different churches. I listen to sermons all the time. Um, this is a major part of us being equipped for everything that God has called us to. However, the question is, is that enough? How important is that enough for you and for me, just hearing sermons, coming to church and hearing a sermon? How important is it for you and I to have those genuine, one-on-one, -on -one, Christ-centered relationships? How important is it for us to be connected in community, be part of a city group? How, how important is that? And I want to talk about why being free and staying free, walking free, um, that is an essential part of you, um, in, uh, you doing that in your life, okay? So before I do that, um, well, actually, uh, this is actually my first point in my, uh, in my message. I want to make the case <clears throat> that large gatherings as well as small gatherings is the biblical model, okay? What we're doing here and small groups is the biblical model, okay? So point number one, why sermons are not enough. The biblical model involves both large gatherings and small groups, okay? The biblical model involves both large gatherings and small groups. Um, <clears throat> Acts chapter 15, so this is, uh, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 5. Um, this is the early church. This is the very, the very beginning, right? It says, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Okay, so this is the model. This is, this is what the early church did at its, at its origin. They, they met in the temple courts, which no one actually, they didn't go into the temple because only the priests could go into the temple, but they met in the temple courts. So around the temple, there's these temple courts. And I actually um, was researching this a little bit this week, but the temple courts up on the, the Temple Mount in Jerusalem is 35 acres. So um, it's a huge, massive area. They, they could have had multiple meetings happening at one time. You could have one huge gathering happening at one time. And I, I also was just like kind of researching this, like how many people could you fit on 36 acres? Like, 
And you could fit comfortably, you could fit 100,000 people in 36 acres. And if you really wanted to cram people in, you could cram up to probably 250,000 people in, in 36 acres. Okay, so there's this area, this massive open area that they had church. They met. They met in the temple courts up on, near the temple, and they met house to house. Um, my, my wife and I, we used to be young adults, pastors, and we would do a Christmas party every year. And the most people we ever fit in our house, we don't have like a gigantic house, but we do have an open floor plan. The most people we ever fit in our house was 70. We had 70 young adults at our house at one time. And of course we had the, you know, the white elephant gift exchange. We had to have people on the upper floor and people on the lower floor. And we had, this, we had to have two different, you know, white elephant gift exchanges. And um, so large group gatherings and small group gatherings are important. This is a dual strategy that the Bible lays out. You know, how many of the, when Paul was traveling, um, he went to the synagogues and he also went house to house, right? So large group gatherings and small group um, gatherings were both important. And I want to say this. It was important not only for then, but also for now. This is part of how God, um, um, his strategy to, to reach you, to help you grow spiritually and to help the body of Christ grow. Um, why is that? Why is, that, why is it both, why are both important? Here's why. Some spiritual needs, some of your spiritual needs, get met in, this, in a larger setting. And some of your spiritual needs will only be met in small group settings, okay? Both are important. Let me just talk about the benefits of both here. Um, first of all, the benefits of corporate services. How many know, so this is the, uh, the temple court kind of worship, right? I have a slide for this. Uh, Sunday services, this is the temple, the temple court kind of worship. Um, we have the corporate worship happening here. And how many know when there's corporate worship happening, there's actually a corporate anointing. Okay, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So he comes and he shows up here in a different way than he would show up with you on your own. Okay, he inhabits the praises of of his people. Now, God is everywhere at once, you know, omnipresent, but there's something special about when we come together as a corporate, um, corporate worship, corporate anointing. There's corporate preaching that happens in Sunday services. There's corporate unity and vision. We have one mind, one purpose. We're going in the same direction, right? How many know that's important for a body? And there's this idea of this, uh, there's an attractional thing happening. This is, the weekend services are come and see, come and be part, come and be included, right? Okay. The benefits, on the flip side of that, the benefits of small group settings, city groups, house to house, is this. They're relational. How many know in the rows there, you, you can't really have deep relationships with the person sitting next to you because if you did, you'd be interrupting me right now, right? <clears throat> and that wouldn't be cool. There's the relational. There's a place where you can know and be known. There's a place for questions and answers, right? Um, there's a place for a personal contribution to the group where you can pray for people, you can offer insight in the group, so there's a place where you can be used. Um, and city, uh, city groups, um, so the smaller gatherings, are more missional. The large group settings are, are um, come and see, and the city groups are go and tell. They're missional, okay? And so <clears throat> the, the biblical model is both and. And this was the strategy that um, was in the book of Acts, and if you've ever done a, a study on the growth of the church in the New Testament, now, first of all, I've got to give credit to where credit is due. The church grew because the Holy Spirit grew the church, right? But what they, in addition to that and the preaching and all the other things they did is they met in the temple courts 
and they met in small group settings. And they start off with 120 people in the upper room. The Holy Spirit was poured out. <clears throat> and some people say, um, no one really knows for sure the exact number, but some people say that the, the church in Jerusalem, in, in a 20-year span before persecution really broke out, in a 20-year span, the church grew from 120 people, um, some people think up to 100,000 people. <clears throat> now, we're talking about in a city of anywhere from 200 to 250,000 people at that time. And so anywhere from um, a third up to half the individuals of that city became Christ followers at one point in 20 years. That is like exponential growth. That is amazing. And this was part of what God did. There was a dual strategy, meeting in homes, meeting in the temple courts. Can I have that bottle of water? <clears throat> so that's point number one. Um, both the large gatherings, thank you, um, and the small group gatherings is important. That's why sermons are not enough. <clears throat> Point number two, I should put the lid on here because if we've learned anything, <laughs> we learn it sometimes. I knock bottles of water off. So, um, <clears throat> Point number one, yeah, um, large and small is the strategy. Point number two, why sermons are not enough is that number two, all believers are called to be ministers. Okay, all believers are called to be ministers. Every one of you has a gift to bring. Every one of you has a piece of the puzzle. Now, even in weekend service, this is true. I wasn't up here leading worship. I didn't, I didn't lead the ministry time. I didn't greet people at the door. I didn't put out the coffee. Like, I'm not doing kids' ministry right now. So this is just one piece on the weekend services. How much more during, during the week, during small groups? Every one of you has a piece to bring and has, um, um, has a gift to bring and has a piece of the puzzle. Ephesians chapter 4, verses uh, 11 through 12, it says this, And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their, um, and to, and their calling is to nurture and to prepare all, everyone say all, all um, the holy believers to do their own works of ministry, and as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. Okay, God has given apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists for the building up of the saints, the edifying, the building up, the strengthening of the saints um, for the work of ministry so that we would all be ministers, that we'd all be doing the work of ministry. Okay, um, someone who I admire a lot and who, who doesn't just come, you don't see this person up here on the weekends, um, but you do see them during the week being an active minister of the gospel is Elijah and, and J.C. Uh, Castion. They do a homeless ministry, and they meet every other, every other Saturday. I just want to real quick, um, oh, by the way, um, you city group leaders, we want to encourage each of you to do, um, have your group do an outreach at least once a semester. So we want to encourage you this fall, do an outreach with your group. But this is a great outreach that you can connect with, is JC um, and Elijah. They do um, City Lights of Grace, um, Street Lights of Grace, I'm sorry, um, homeless outreach. And what's so amazing about this is they don't just, they're not just, um, they, do, they feed homeless, they help homeless with clothes, they give them showers, they cut their hair. And what's amazing about this is they're not just getting people and meeting needs, which is in and of itself would be enough, but they've actually helped 11 people get off the streets. Like, that's amazing. And, you know, Elijah cuts their hair, and so they have more confidence 
going and applying at a job, and Elijah even says to them, like, hey, if you got an interview on Wednesday, I'll come and I'll cut your hair, I'll clean you up on, you know, Tuesday so that you're ready for this job interview. They're, like, that's moving the needle in our city, that people are, like, coming off the streets. Like, that's, that's amazing. And so he is a minister of the gospel. Like, he is, he's applying the grace of God in his life to do something that's not just here in the weekend service, okay? All are called to be ministers. So I'm, I'm a pastor, teacher, um, but how many know we need the evangelist, we need the prophet, we need the apostle, so that we can be thoroughly built up as the body of Christ? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says this, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Okay? Um, to each one, so when someone receives the Holy Spirit, they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of that Spirit, the way that God flows through them, is given for the common good. So everyone benefits from the individual's grace on their life. Everyone, in, in, uh, every individual benefits from the, uh, the anointing and the gift of God in everyone's life, okay? Um, the word manifestation means coming to light, okay? So to each person, to each one, the illumination of the Holy Spirit is given to everyone, okay? An example that I uh, have of this is, um, do you guys remember um, we had our candlelight service on it was, I was going to say Christmas Eve. It wasn't Christmas Eve. We called it Christmas Adam because it was the day before Christmas Eve. So we had our candlelight service on Christmas Eve-ish. And, uh, and we, did the, we did the thing where we light the candle of the person next to us and all the lights are off and it gets really bright and really cool in here. You guys remember that? That's a picture in the, in the spirit of what it's like when every individual is activated, when every individual is using the gift of God and the grace of God in their own lives. That's what it looks like. It, it lit the whole place, right? How many know that if I had my solitary candle up here, come and watch Pastor Kurt and his candle, like, that wouldn't be very awesome. That, that's a picture of what it looks like with one person using their gifts and everyone else not using the gifts that God's given them, okay? Uh, we don't want that. We want everyone here activated, using the gift of God, the grace of God in your life, um, to reach the city and to be, um, to be overcoming Christians, okay? Um, I'll read this in the Passion Translation real quick. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says this. Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. Okay, so the gift you have, your gift isn't for you. Your gift is for the person sitting next to you. Okay, and, and, or the person across the room. And, and the person across the room, your gift isn't for you. Your gift is for the, okay? The gift that God has given you isn't for yourself, it's for everyone else. And the person, um, the other person that God's given the gift for, that's for you, okay? God set it up this way. This is just the way he's done it. He set it up that we have to cross-pollinate. We, um, we have to have one another. I need your gift, you need mine, amen? Okay, so... Um, the Holy Spirit ministers to the whole body through each member. We are all called to be ministers. If sermons were enough, this would not be the case. Okay, that's point number two. Point number three, why sermons are not enough is because every person is unique and every person is important. Okay, God uses the whole body, each individual member of the body, to heal the body. Okay, um, he wants to bring healing to the body, through the body. Um, I'll give you an illustration of this. If you were, imagine you were to cut your leg, which people cut themselves all the time. First of all, if your blood didn't clot, you would die. 
Like you would actually bleed out and die. If, if that simple act of like the coagulation cascade didn't happen, you would actually die. Okay. Um, secondly, if you didn't have an immune system, you would actually die. If you had just a little cut, would kill you because an infection would get in your body and you would die. Okay. And then furthermore, you need you need um, your digestive system to carry nutrients to the cut, so the cut can be healed. And you need feet to take you to the food, and you need hands to carry the food. You need lungs to breathe air and a heart to pump blood so that you can metabolize the food that can carry nutrients to the cut so that you can be healed, okay? God uses the whole body to heal the body. Every member is unique. Every member is important, okay? First <clears throat> um, uh, Corinthians chapter uh, 12, um, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 15 through 16, it says this. Um, you should never, okay, I'll say this first. You should never say that I'm not needed or I have nothing to give. You should never say that you're disqualified from being used some way by God, okay? You should never say, I have nothing to give, I have nothing to offer, because of this verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 15 through 16. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, um, stop being part of the body, okay? So just because you're not up here like Pastor Greg leading worship doesn't mean you don't have something important to contribute during worship, right? We talked about this a few weeks ago that we're actually all worship leads. We're all ministers, right? And so um, now if everyone was Greg, we would have too many Australians. (laughs) One token Australian is enough, okay, guys? One is enough, okay. One token Aussie. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so you should never say, I'm not important because I'm not a peer. I'm not, I don't have that person's gifts. I mean, I mean how many, have you ever been jealous of someone else's like, gifting or anointing and grace? Yeah, I mean, I have. You see someone flowing in like, the grace God's given us? Like, how do they do that? You know, that's amazing to see. In fact, I, I think it's part of the faithfulness of God to even see the other members of the body of Christ walking in their grace. It's like, God, you're amazing. You've gift, yeah, that person is doing something I could never do. You know, like accounting. Thank God for accountants. You know, I can't do accounting. I have some kind of blockage there. I don't know. Okay, so, <laughs> so every person is unique and important. Okay. The other thing you should never say, you should never say, I'm not unique, I'm not important. You should also never say, that person isn't needed or that person isn't important. Okay. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 21 through 22. I skipped a verse, by the way, for those of you doing notes. 1 Corinthians 12, 21 through 22. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those, those parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. Okay, so... Um, we should never say, I'm not needed, I'm not important. You should also never say, that person's not needed, and that person's not important, and I wish they would go away, right? Um, even the parts of the body that seem to be weaker, the Bible says not only are they unique and important, it says they're indispensable. Like, we can't live without you, right? Um, so the squeaky wheels in the room, we need you, okay? Uh, the person with the same struggles every week, the quiet ones, the shy ones, the loud and distracting ones, the guy who always has the same issue, who doesn't seem to give but always seems to take, we actually need you because it keeps us sharp, you know, and patient, okay? And 
the person that stresses you out, you kind of wish wouldn't sit by you or go to your church, you need them. The person who offended you, the person who doesn't seem to ever grow, we need them. Um, the Bible says not only they're important, they're absolutely necessary, okay? They're, they're um, indispensable, okay? What's my point? My point is that everyone, the whole body of Christ, is a contributor, and everyone is unique and important. This is especially true in a small group setting and not just in church. Okay, and uh, point, number, point number four, why sermons are not enough, and this is my last point, sermons don't replace people, okay? Sometimes you don't need a sermon, you need a person. Okay, you need someone with, you need, you need a person. <laughs> All right, you need, sometimes you just need reinforcements, right? Sometimes you just, and going through life, and you just need to not walk alone. And I have a video I want to play that will, I think, really illustrate this, so go ahead and roll that. As they mature, young males begin to explore the boundaries of the pride's territory. Red has ventured out alone. <laughs> and blundered straight into the middle of the hyena clam. <laughs> over 20 of them. <laughs> the pack tries to wear him down. This number of hyenas could kill him. to fight them all at once. He can't keep them at bay for much longer. He's tiring fast. Ally Tartu has heard the commotion.
for 20 hyenas. A pair of male lions is too much to take on. Red is lucky. Sometimes you don't need 10 steps to... That lion in that moment, he didn't need 10 steps to fighting hyenas while you're outnumbered, right? Sometimes that lion needed another lion, right? Okay, sometimes you just need another bro to come alongside of you. You don't need a 10-step plan to a better you, right? Sometimes you just need a person to come alongside of you. Ladies, sometimes you don't need a 10-step program. Sometimes you need another lady to come alongside of you, okay? You need genuine Christ-centered relationships. So maybe that hyena that's nipping at you, right? Maybe that hyena is lust. You need someone to come along you to help you, deliver you from that, right? Maybe their hyena is discouragement. Maybe that hyena is depression. In fact, Aaron gave that illustration earlier. Someone here is struggling with that, you need to be part of a city group. Maybe that hyena is doubt. Maybe that hyena is money problems, okay? Sermons are good, but many times what we need is another lion, or we need another lioness in our lives. Amen? Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with that. Why don't you guys stand, with your, stand to your feet? And I hope you get the point. Okay. I'm gonna, let's put up Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. I'm going to have everyone, let's read, this, let's read this together, okay? Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Okay, verse 9, 10, 11, and 12 talked about the power of two that we need at least two people in our lives. Verse three talks about the power of three, which by the way, if you have Christ-centered godly relationships, you don't just have two with you, we actually have three with you, okay? We need, we need God in the middle. We need relationships, Christ-centered God relationships. And if you have those in your lives, you will face so much more in your life. If you don't have those, I just wanna encourage you. Yeah, we're talking about city groups this week. We wanna encourage you to get plugged into them. If you have that happening in another way or, or whatever, I just, you need that in your life. I know you need that in your life. And so I'm going to pray over you guys and then um, I'll have Emily close. Yeah. Well, Father, I love you. We thank you for today, God. God, that illustration um, of the lion wandering into um, unknown territory. I, I feel like that highlights a few people in here, Lord. They're just doing life alone and they're getting, they're getting tore up, Lord. And God, I just pray if there's anyone here that needs that connection, who needs that brotherhood, who needs that sisterhood, Lord God, I just pray that they would find that, Lord. And I just bless them with that, release that over them, God. And I ask that um, you would just, yeah, show them the way, Lord. We thank you for the body of Christ, Lord. And we're not called to do life alone. We're called to walk together. God, we're called to strengthen one another. We're called to, um, to build one another up, Lord God, so that we can face everything that life throws at us. You're not called to do this alone. You're called to walk with someone. And so, Lord, I just thank you. Um, I thank you for that, Lord. We bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name.
Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.